Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin the third book of the, of the five books of Moshe, Moses. Uh, the name of the book is the, the book of Le Leviticus, which is also known as Vaikra. This is a very interesting book because the last two books of the Torah, Bereshit, uh, Genesis and Exodus, uh, which is Shemot, talk about our family, our Jewish family. It begins with the creation of the world, with Adam and Eve and the um, subsequent generations, how it came to Noah and then to Abraham, and Abraham was the first Jew, is the first person that recognized the one God, and then he grew his family with Isaac, with Jacob, and then Jacob brought the 12 tribes of Israel. Later on, they ended up in Egypt, in Mitzrayim, the Jewish people flourished, they became many, many more, thousands and thousands, and uh, eventually they were enslaved for 210 years in Egypt. Finally, they were able to leave Egypt, they, they, they had the massive exodus where they left Egypt, then they came to Mount Sinai, they received the Torah, they became a people, a nation, and then they sinned with a golden calf and they fell down again. And, um, and then Hashem taught us the power of Teshuvah, of repentance, of going back to our essence of who we are. And the first thing he did was give us the commandment to build the Mishkan, the tabernacle. And, um, and this tabernacle was really the epitome of the Jewish life. Everything revolved around the tabernacle. Uh, daily life was surrounded by the tabernacle. This was the whole purpose of their existence was the tabernacle, which was really a dwelling place for Hashem down in this world. It was his home in this world. And then it comes to the book, the book of Leviticus, which details of, of how exactly this is achieved. How do we bring the presence of Hashem down into this world? Uh, this notion is eloquently expressed by the very first words in the book from which the whole book takes its Hebrew name. The Hebrew name of this book is Vaikra, which means he called, Hashem called. And the prefix then immediately connects the beginning of Leviticus with the end of Exodus. So Moses could not enter the tent of meeting. This is at the end of the book of Exodus. It tells us that Moses could not enter the tent of meeting since the cloud had rested on it and, the, and God's glory filled the tabernacle. So Moshe could only talk to God when, when God called him. It was not like we're talking here, you and me. It was only if he was called, he could go and talk to God and he had to cover his face. And, um, and there was a lot of things going on so he could be near the presence of Hashem. And so since Moses could not enter himself, God called out to him. He invited him in, thereby enabling him to enter and bear the experiences of his glory in order to hear his message. This clearly indicates that the events recorded in the book of Exodus of Shemot were intended to set the stage for God, God to call Moses. So the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus really are the steps that came before, like it's a journey, it had to happen this way, this was a whole process in order for Moses to be able to draw near to Hashem and get close to him. 
And the, this is what the book of Leviticus conveys. So furthermore, the usual way the Torah opens its descriptions of God's talking to Moses is with the obvious phrase God spoke to Moses saying. In the opening of the book of Leviticus, however, before the variant of the phrase, God spoke to Moses, God spoke to him from the tent of meeting saying. So before it was God spoke to Moses and he said whatever he needed to say to him. Or, and now, since the book of Leviticus or Vaikra, it changes and it says God spoke to Moses from the tent of meeting. So there was a place now where Hashem dwelled. This is a place where he lived in. So the Torah informs us that whenever God spoke to Moses, he first called out to Moses, implying that his communication with Moses were not merely for the purpose of laying down his law for humanity, but in order to call out to us. I know we're living through very, very challenging times right now. I know all of you are stuck home and we're all in, in our homes. We're not socializing. We're not, uh, we're trying to keep away from people physically to keep everybody safe. But nevertheless, Hashem is calling out to us. Even though we're home and we're whatever doing whatever we're doing, Hashem is giving us a call. This is what it is. He's calling us. It's a wake-up call. He's telling us, look, go home, take care of your families, take care of yourself, be conscious, be aware of others, don't, don't be around the, the streets trying to get sick or getting other people sick. He's calling out to us. He's telling us something. This is a moment of, it, it's a life-changing moment. Nobody's going to come out of this the same as he entered. We're all going to be transformed each one at their own level, but people are not going to be the same ever again. So here in Leviticus, we see that Hashem ha is calling out to us, imploring us and challenging us to respond, asking us to treat the laws of the Torah, not merely as dry obligations, but as our, our common meeting ground with Him. So the laws of the Torah, the 613 mitzvot, which are 248 positive mitzvahs and, 600, and 365 negative mitzvahs. Uh, 248 that we do, that are meant to be done in action. And then we have the, the 365 that we abstain from, like don't eat pork, uh, don't kill, don't steal, don't do lashonara, don't speak bad about other people. All these no, no, no's are more than the ones that we do. And, um, and these mitzvahs, really the word mitzvah, tzvah, the root of that word means connect, connection. So in reality, the mitzvot, uh, the obligations, the commandments, however you want to call them, uh, are the way that we connect to Hashem in, down in this world. This is the way that we can connect to Him and relate to Him. So. What the, the, the book of Aikra is really trying to give us is emphasizing the point that God called out, but he called out, referring to God's very essence, not to any aspect of him that can be defined or circumscribed by any of his names. It is God's essence that calls out in the book of Leviticus. So the essence. So what it's telling us is that the commandments, the mitzvahs that we take care of, 
are really the essence of Hashem. This is His essence. This is what is Him. Uh, you cannot define God. You cannot put uh, names to Him or, or adjectives. You cannot because He's so infinite that we cannot really put Him in a box. But the mitzvot are eternal and they're infinite. Like even though there's a number for them, the, the ripple effect of a mitzvah is infinite. Then we've learned it through this a experience that we're living right now, how one action of one person really has a ripple effect on the whole world. In this case, sadly, it has been a negative one, which has brought a lot of good, but the, the, the act in itself is a negative act, like eating something that is really forbidden by the Torah, that those types of animals are a no-no, and a person eats this animal, and then he gets infected with a weird virus, which affects the whole world. It has hit everybody. There's nobody in this world that has not been affected by it. In a way, it can be someone they know or it's themselves. I opened the news today and it's saying that even Prince Charles in London has it and the Prince of Monaco has it. So it's a, it's, it's a, it's a gruesome virus that it doesn't uh, choose like it's not like the rich get it or the poor get it or the intelligent get it or this one gets it or it's the one that smokes or the one that doesn't smoke it doesn't care it hits everybody the same the, the king of, of England the prince of England the, the Satmar Rebbe in, 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 in New York or, or a very big political figure it doesn't care it will hit Whoever. So we see here that that the mitzvahs in itself, just as this virus we've seen that it has gone viral through the world, the mitzvahs work in the same way. So you can be doing one mitzvah in your little part of the world. You can be a, in a party one day and someone comes to speak bad about somebody and you just shut it off. You say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to listen to this. I, I'm not listening to idle speech or someone speaking bad about somebody and the, the act of you refraining from listening to Lashonara and stopping someone else from, do, from saying it can have such a ripple effect for generations and generations to come. It can later on save the life of, a, of one of your grandchildren because you abstain yourself from saying something neg negative about somebody. So these things really, the, the mitzvahs are things that are spiritual in a sense. So you do an act and maybe you see the outcome of it, but the complete picture you're not able to see. And, uh, and I've seen stories, I, I can tell you stories of things that have happened many, many years ago that you see the ripple effect 50 years later. So for example, one day I was visiting a person in the hospital and uh, we, we, we used to go and do Bikur Holim in Aventura Hospital in Miami and with, a, with some friends and we are in a certain floor and a nurse comes to us and says, look, this is a man that came in last night, he had a heart attack, he's not from Miami, I hear you speak Spanish, maybe you wanna go in, you wanna say hi to him. And we go in and the guy was from Medellin, Colombia, 
and he grew up with my mom. When I told him who I was, he got very excited. I know your mother, I grew up with her, whatever. The guy was so happy we visited him. And then later on, I told my mom, I met this guy in the hospital. And she says, I cannot believe it. And, and I said, why mom? She says, because his father, 40 years later, before, her father was dying uh, uh, of cancer. And his father, this man's father, used to visit my, my grandfather every day and put the film on him and make sure that my grandmother had food in her refrigerator. So he would every day come, put the film on my grandfather, pray with him, bring food for the family. And he did this till, till after he passed away, he kept taking care of my grandmother. Go 40 something years forward and his son is stuck in a hospital in Miami with a heart attack, alone, all alone. And who comes to visit him? The granddaughter of, of, of this man that his father used to take care of, that I never even met my grandfather. So you can see how one good action can have such a ripple effect years and years and years ahead. And, and this is what this book is telling us. So the, although there is very little dramatic action in the book of Leviticus, of the book of Aikra, it is, it is here that the real action really takes place the inner life of the individual soul and the soul of the community in their communion with God, the Talmud compares study in the laws of Leviticus, which Leviticus really is the book that talks about the sacrifices in the, in the Mishkan and later on the, what was kept in the Beit HaMikdash. It's, it's very, if you open that book, it's, it's, it's insane because it's about sacrifices and how the Kohen used to put his nail in the animal and then draw the blood and, 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 and sink the blood and then the fats would be burned and they would go up and what, it, it's very detailed on how to, to make the sacrifices. It's very complex. And sometimes we even think like, why do I have to read this? Why do I have to keep learning this? How is it relevant to my life today uh, if we don't have a temple? And let's be honest, it, sacrifices, it's not a word we like. Like it, it, we live in, in 2020, we're not thinking about sacrificing animals. This is something from the past. This is something we don't do anymore. There's a humane, uh, animal humane society. But after all, this is the essence of the Torah in its instructions of life. The, the, really, the sacrifices in the times of the temple were when a person would bring a sacrifice, people in those days were in a much higher spiritual level, they were sacrificing the inner animal. This is what it was. Like they would bring this sacrifice to the Mishkan and because they committed um, a transgression and they were asking forgiveness from Hashem or they were grateful for something and the sacrifice itself would atone for them. So we learn this book till today because every time we do something that goes against our will and we're doing what Hashem wants, we wanted to say that juicy gossip in that party. I was so, I, I, had, I had to be important. I wanted to say, but I bite my tongue and I abstain from it because this is what Hashem wants. Although I want to be important for one minute and say something interesting to people. This is what Leviticus is. This is what Vaikra is. This is what it means. It's when you abstain yourself from doing something that you want to do, but Hashem doesn't want you to do. This is a sacrifice. And so the word korban, which is the word that it's used in the Torah for offerings and sacrifices, really means to draw close, to go near Hashem. 
So every time you abstain yourself from an animalistic impulse and you do the godly thing, what you're doing is you're getting close to God. So Leviticus then is the quintessential book of the Torah. It is therefore significant that it's not only the middle book of the Torah, but the third book. For the number of three expresses the essence of the Torah. The Torah is composed of three parts. The five books of Moses, the book of the prophets, and the writings. And it, has, it was given the third month of the Jewish calendar, which is the month of Sivan, when we, when we celebrate Shavuot. And it was given to a nation of three classes, which were the Kohanim, the Leviim, and the Israelites. And it was given after three days of preparation, and it was taught to the people by three siblings, who were Moshe, Aharon, and Miriam. And the number three signifies the synergy that results from the paradoxical but harmonious combination of the two elements of duality. And this is the very essence of the Torah, which is that it takes two opposing entities, uh, the physical and the spiritual, which is really diametrically opposed one from the other, and it merges them into this third component, which is a, a peaceful union between God, the godly and the mundane. So the name of the, of the first parasha of the book of Leviticus, which is the same name of the book, which is Vaikra, which means he called, it, what it's telling us is that Hashem calls us. He's always calling us. He's always there trying to get us engaged with him, trying to get us near to him. This time is humongous. I think that everybody is, has got in their head right now. This is bigger than us. Uh, this pandemic really is a big, big wake-up call. It's a big calling from God. And uh, we should take this opportunity, this, this moment in our lifetimes, to really get close to God. This is the whole purpose. Uh, we should really be closer to Him. Once this is out of our way and we're all uh, back to our normal uh, routines and our lives, we should really engage God in our lives more. We should make Him part of our lives. He has to be there from the moment you open your eyes till the day you go, to the, till the moment you go to sleep. Thank you, Hashem, for restoring my soul. Every day I wake up now and the first thing I say, thank God, I'm not coughing, I don't have a fever, I'm fine. Thank God, everybody in my family is good. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. This is all we have to do all day. You go to, to you're gonna have a coffee in the morning. Thank God, thank God I can have a coffee. You can stop by Starbucks. Thank God, thank God we have Starbucks. You're going to work, thank God I have a job. You're going to take your kids to school. Thank God there are schools. Baruch Hashem, all day, thank God. Make it a thing, Baruch Hashem. Start saying it every second of your life. Make it a staple in your lexicon. Start saying it. Don't wait. And you'll see how everything will turn around. So I want to wish you a blessed week, a Shabbat Shalom. Uh, we're going into the month of Nisan. The word, the word Nisan comes from the word Nes, which means miracles. And we should see a month of miracles of opened and revealed good that we should see everybody healed and we should see that this thing, just as it came, it goes, it disappears from the world and, um, and we can emerge and show Hashem the new us, the better and renewed people that we are, to show our essence, to show, show Him who we really are, to live up to who we are. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.